0: Ramam opens up Sefer Zmanim, the third book of the Ramam of Mishpatim, with the puzzle, I have uh, inherited your your uh, your testimonies for eternity. because they are the joy rejoicing of my heart. Sefer Shlishi, the third book, for who Sefer Zman, which is the book of Zmanim, which means times or occasions. Hilchus of Essay, there are 10 sets of Alachas, Zer Sidran, these are the order Hilchus Shabbos, laws of Shabbos, Hilchus Araven, laws of Araven, Hilchus is also the laws of resting on the tenth day, which means of Kippur, Hilchus Shusus Yomtiv, laws of resting on Yomtiv, Hilchus Chamatamasa, the laws of leaven and unleavened bread regarding Pesach, Hilchus Sheva Sukh of the laws of Sheva Sukh and Lulav, which it's always peculiar to me, that the Raman puts those together in one section. Rather than dividing them in two or three. Hilchas Schkolum, the laws of Shkolim. Uh we'll explain what that means. Hilch's <laughs> Khakh, the laws of sanctification of the new moon. Hilchas <laughs> Tainis, the laws of fast days. Hilchas Megillah Vanaka, the laws of Megillah and Khanakah. Hilchas <laughs> <laughs> Shabbos, laws of Shabbos, <laughs> Yesh Bhon Khamish Mitzh, there's five mitzvahs involved in these Halachas. Shabitz <laughs> say two of them are positive. Shol Schmitz say three of them are negative. <laughs> these are them. Aleph, number one to rest on the seventh day not to do Maloch on the seventh day gimel for shabbos for the court not to punish on shabbos, on shabbos one should not uh, leave the uh the, the, beyond the uh, city limits or the limits adam will describe uh limits or the, the, personal or or city limits as we'll explain uh to sanctify the shabbos by making deliberate note of it, we'll explain these mitzvahs in the following chapters. Perak, Rishon, Halacha, Aleph, Shvisa, B'Yashvi, Malacha, Resting on the seventh day from doing work, mitzvah says a positive commandment. Shonem al-Pasuk says, In Shemais, Perak, Chav, Gimel, Pasuk, Yudbeis, Oveim, Shvit, Tishbeis, On the seventh day you shall rest. Now it says many times in the Torah to rest on Shabbos, why the Amman picks this Pasuk is interesting. Cholay, whoever does malacha on that day, says B'Yashvi, a positive commandment and has transgressed a negative commandment. Says you shall not do any malacha. What is the person violating? What is he liable rather for doing malacha? If he does it deliberately, on purpose, willfully, and, on, uh, willfully and, and deliberately, if there are. Uh, witnesses and he was warned that in that case in his skull he's stoned by the earthly court if he does it unintentionally so he didn't know a Shabbos for example or he didn't know this thing is forbidden on Shabbos he's a sin offering which is established uh, regardless of your financial nature opposed to the kind of carbon which fluctuates based on your financial status whoever it says in the laws of Shabbos, so is dove, is if you do that thing, you're chayiv, you're liable, or he's a chayiv kharis, means he's chayiv karis. in other words, it's a biblical prohibition, if there's witnesses and they warned him before his uh, a transgression, the chayiv skila, he's liable for stoning, again, because of the biblical transgression, if it was uh, unintentional, then chayiv chathis is chayiv a sin offering, wherever it says if someone does this he is uh exempt he's potter he's a potter it means that he's exempt from the above mentioned punishments of a -a car and a -a carbon depending on depending on what the circumstances of his uh, transgression was because it's not biblical (inaudible) it's still forbidden to do that thing on shabbos that prohibition is rabbinic in nature. It's something this the Cham instituted in order to distance a person from the possibility of doing an actual malacha, a biblical prohibition. Malacha refers to the term that's a, a biblical prohibition on Shabbat. So if someone does that thing that we say is putter, uh, uh, that he's putter for doing, deliberately even though he's exempt from the above the mentioned punishments he does get the uh, rebellious uh, uh, stripes the rebellious lashes for uh, rabbinic prohibition transgression wherever it says such and such is not done or it's forbidden to do it on Shabbos and if someone does it on purpose he gets the uh, lashes of rebellious conduct because the prohibition is rabbinic in nature is medrabbonon. V'chol ma'ku Whoever it says is permitted to do such and such. It's a It's permitted at the, out, at the outset. One may go ahead and do it. Similarly, uh, not similarly exactly, but similarly. wherever it says, He's not uh, uh, liable for anything. Or he's, uh, he's he's completely exempt there's no punishment in, uh, given to him at all even rebellious uh, lashes even malkus even mardus it is however inappropriate or forbidden to do that act however there's no punishment things which are essentially forbidden on shabbos by the time you do it do that action it's possible that a malach will happen as a result of your action which is essentially permitted, or it's also possible it will not happen. <laughs> if you don't intend for that to transpire, it's In that case, it's permitted to be done. What's an example of this? a person is out to drag a bench, a chair, or a excuse me, a bed, a chair, or a bench, or the like. On Shabbos, provided he doesn't have intention that this heavy item will cause a groove to be uh, uh, made in the ground when he's dragging it. Uh, even though it's possible that it'll happen, he doesn't intend for it to, to transpire, he doesn't care about that. Therefore, If it does end up making a groove in the ground, he does not need to be concerned about that. If he, should learn his cabin, he, he, he didn't have intention for that to happen. So again, we're talking about a bench that may be heavy, but it's not guaranteed it's going to make a gro- groove in the ground based on the weight of the bench and based on the, the how soft the soil over here is. This person is allowed to walk on grass on Shabbos, so virtually he's is in He's does not intend to uproot the grass, which is forbidden on Shabbos. Therefore, if he gets uprooted, it's not a problem. Again, the way he's walking, depending on depending on the grass, depending on how he walks, it's not for sure. A person is allowed to wash his hands, or, or rather, rub his hands using the dust of produce uh, and the like. Well, actually does not intend to remove the hair the put hair from his hands because it's, it's a, apparently a rough type of herb that this uh, this uh, produce dust is and could in theory when doing so when rubbing your hands with it you can uh, pull out hairs of the, of the body which is forbidden on shabbos but it's not for sure therefore if he does plot a hair it's is not a problem if a person has a uh, narrow opening above a he can he can enter the opening into let's say a house for example or through a fence on Shabbos. After even though he may uh, cause uh, pieces um, that are uh, jagging jagged edges uh, that are sticking out, he's going to take he's going to uh, they'll fall off when he goes through this narrow opening, and that's considered melacha because it's like a finishing touch to make a doorway. Um, so that's still permitted because, again, he doesn't intend to do it. The chen called v'ashe'im is assuming and anything else which doesn't intend for malacha mal- 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 to happen. If we go into these examples as a mutter, it's permitted because since it's not for sure, he has an intent for it to happen, he's allowed to go about his business, he doesn't have to be concerned with the possibility of malacha mal- happening. <laughs> if a person does an action, and because of his action, a melacha transpires. which will sure transpire because of what he does. Despite the fact he has no intention to perform it, he's liable biblically for doing that because it's The matter is known. It's known that it's it's impossible for that melacha not to happen, even though you don't you don't care about it. for example, the If a person requires the, the head of a bird to uh, use it for uh, to give it to a child as a toy, that was like the, the, you know, the original puppet, he cuts off the head of the bird on Shabbos, even though he has no intention per se of killing the bird, he merely wants to provide the child with a toy, he's liable, Because it's, known, it's impossible that he's, to cut off the head of the bird, and it should live, it's, the, the uh, death comes inevitably, similarly in all these situations, so if the bird would stay alive, in theory, you would have no problem. It wouldn't bother you if the bird stays alive if you could cut off its head and give it the child to play. It's just circumstantially that's not going to be the case. But since it's obviously impossible for a bird to live uh, uh, if you cut off its head, so therefore it's as if you have the intention and the desire to kill the bird, despite the fact that you have no interest in the bird dying. Interest is only providing the child for a toy. Nevertheless, because it's 100% inevitable, we view it as if your intention was to kill the bird. And killing an animal on Shabbos is one of the malachas. So that's commonly what we call psikreisha. Now, in Malchus the Raman moves over to a similar but different concept. Even though he didn't need the uh, actual malchah or, the, or, the, or the, the result, the constructive result of the malchah is nevertheless liable. Kate said, what's an example? As you keep us in place, you the person extinguish a candle on Shabbos. Now the constructive purpose of, of, the reason why extinguishing a candle on Shabbos is one of the malachas, what is constructive about that? Because by extinguishing a candle, you are creating a coal. And by and in the Mishkan, that's what they did when they would when they would. Uh, and the melachas we do on we to do on Shabbos is derived from the law and the Mishkan. So when a coal is extinguished, a fire, uh, a wood or, or a wick is extinguished, you now form a new coal from which you can uh, have an even flame. Rather than an actual fire, so you can, you extinguish this candle, but not because you wanted the the, the, the coal that it produced. Simply you want you simply want to preserve the oil. It shouldn't burn up the oil or the wick they if it should not become lost or burnt or so that the uh, lamp should not become uh, be, the uh, uh, bus it should not bust uh, the fire is getting close to the actual uh, glass and you were afraid it would crack because extinguishing you're, you're, so in this case um, because extinguishing is a malacha. And he intends to extinguish. Even though the constructive result of the extinguishing fire, he, he has no need for. He has not need to call. And he only he did not he only extinguish it because he wants to preserve the oil or preserve the wick or preserve the uh, actual glass. The earthenware, uh, earthenware lamp. He's All these cases is chayiv. Somebody moves a thorn, uh, or like any other any other hazard for ames in the public domain, or someone in the public domain extinguishes a, a fire. So that the, the, the public public not get injured by that. He's liable for carrying in Shabbos, uh, on Shabbos. Even though he doesn't again, he doesn't need the extinguished coal. Uh, the the, 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 the cold that, that extinguishing the fire produces nor does he need the, uh, the, the the thorn or the hazard hazardous item to be transported for any useful purpose in its new location he's simply trying to uh, uh, remove a hazard similar thing applies to all these situations so in both these cases the result of carrying it from point A to point B the malacha would be, the constructive malacha would be that now you have this thing in, in point B where you can you can use it for whatever purpose you want it there. But simply to bring it to point B to get it away from point A because you're afraid someone's going to get damaged by it, that's not considered purposeful. Nevertheless, you are chayef. Not purposeful It's not considered purposeful in the sense that he doesn't need the result of the malacha, the constructive result, the pur- purposeful result. Whoever intends to do a malocha, forbidden act on Shabbos. and doing so, a different forbidden act transpired, he's not liable because the, the, the thing he intended to do was not carried out. For example, if a person threw a stone or an arrow at his fellow or an animal in order to kill them, and that's something which is uh, forbidden on Shabbos, take a life. Of any living uh, uh, creature, the projectile went. The uprooted a tree or another plant in its uh, in its movement, but didn't kill anything. He's a potter. He's he's uh, he's not liable because even though he ended up doing the malacha of detaching something growing from the ground from the ground, but uh, but that wasn't the malacha he wanted to do. He wanted to do a different malacha, and therefore, because what he wanted to do did not happen, he's not chayev. So he intended to do a malacha, and a malacha happened, but they were two different malachas. The one he intended, the one that transpired, are different, therefore he's pater. Here's a kavel in that case all the more. So he miskaveled if his intention was to do a minor prohibition, and he did a severe prohibition, he intended to throw into a from his pro from his house, a private domain, into a Karmelist, which is an area that one may not transport from a private domain into there, uh, rabbinically prohibited, even though it's biblically permitted. So it's also Mithar Abadon only. And the stone, instead of going from his house to the Karmelist, went from his house to the public domain. So he intended to do Mithar Abadon, he ended up doing Mithar Eisa. She'pater, he's not Chayb, he's potter similar in all situations. is What if he intended to do something completely permitted and something else happened? He intended to cut a, let's say, pick a, uh, wanted to pick, um, a, uh, an apple from a, a tree branch which he thought was detached from the tree. So just lying on the ground. Um, a better example actually is, is let's say he, he, he uh, he thought the apple was already, fell falling off the tree before Shabbos and he, and he uh, I wanted to just pick up the, pick up the apple from the ground, um, or or greasy grapes. The he ended up ended up cutting something which was, which was attached to the ground. So he didn't realize the grapes were still attached to the vine. He thought they fell off before Shabbos, and they clearly completely, completely, completely permitted. He didn't realize by taking this grape, he's actually uprooting it from its source on Shabbos. So in the he's not liable for anything because he intended to do something which was completely permitted, and the malacha happened unintentionally in the sense he didn't realize that that would, that would transpire. Chenkuk is similar in all scenarios. <laughs> similarly, this person had intention intention to pick figs. that they were black. the but instead he picked the wrong ones. He picked the white ones. Or and the of for example, he wanted to pick figs, whatever type they were, and then grapes. The matter became reversed. at first he picked the grapes. Afterwards, the figs. Potter, he's Potter the second example is unique even though he picked exactly what he wanted to in the first example he t- picked the wrong color but over here um, he picked exactly what he wanted to Since, however nevertheless he did not pick them in the order he intended to apart in that case he's not liable it's considered to have been, to have been, being, have been done without intent only forbids only, only forbids malachas uh, machsheves, purposeful work. So when your when your intent matches your behavior, uh, that's when you're chayiv. But if the behavior and the intent don't don't match up, then you're not chayiv. he has heard of stay If he had in front of him two candles, they're both burning or they're both extinguished. And he in, in, he intended to extinguish one of the two candles that was burning, but instead he extinguished the other or if the case they're both extinguished he wants to light one but he lit the other by accident that's the two candles are very close together so he blew one out but he didn't aim well and he blew the other one out or um, uh he was water or whatever, or in a case when he used uh, wanted to light one or the other very close together and he had a match and the match was a uh, larger match and it lit the one he did not want to light. Chayev <laughs> in all these cases <laughs> is Chayev. That's considered like he did the malachi, he intended to do even though it was the wrong candle. Unlike in the previous halachah. What's the similar? The person wants to pick one fig, he picks the other fig. If they're both the same, they're both the same color, then he's chayav, the the A person wants to kill one animal, he kills a different animal. It's considered like the halacha he intended to do was performed. In the previous halacha, what he wanted to do exactly was not performed. Over here, it's considered like it was performed because ultimately there's no advantage between lighting or extinguishing one candle over the other. Over here, he wants black figs and he picked white figs, or vice versa. Or he wanted to do this order and the order was reversed. That's not. That's not uh, as ideal for him for whatever reason, but over here since he has no advantage of extinguishing or lighting or one candle over the other, bottom line is he wants one candle burning, so uh, whichever one it is, it's irrelevant. If for some reason there's a purpose actually, he and he wants the Dafka extinguish this candle, not the other one because uh, for whatever reason, it's not the same to him, then in that case, he would talk be be uh, B'chaif, but but because, uh, excuse me, he would be Pater, because it's not considered like he, his intention was performed. Because the Ramah and Halacha Yud, however, is describing a case where it's irrelevant which of the two candles are extinguished, as long as um, one is burning, one is extinguished, and for whatever reason he just picked one of them to, to blow out, or, or one of them to light, it happens to be, that, it happens to be the other one got lit, or, or blown out, because it's irrelevant which one it is, he's Chayif. Halachid Aleph describes a case where there are two candles and one is lit and one is not lit. If the person wants to light one of the candles and then extinguish the other candle, so he has one candle burning, he wants to light the second candle and then extinguish the first candle, which is which is which is lit. So he's not going to be left in the dark for even one moment. Then the matter is reversed. Then the matter is reversed. he extinguishes the candle which is lit. So he's in the dark for a moment and afterwards he lights the candle which is lit But in that case is not liable because his intention didn't happen he wanted to be in the entire time have light and that didn't happen if he lit the one uh if he extinguished the one that was burning and lit the other one in in one breath so speaking of it simultaneously because even though the one he wanted to light first uh, didn't happen before as he wanted it to. So it didn't happen afterwards either. They happened simultaneously. So he was not in the dark for even one moment. They happened simultaneously. Therefore, he is chayef. Essentially, what he wanted to happen has happened. The reversal of which candle is burning. He wanted this one to burn instead of that one. And that that happened. And similar all the situations, uh, 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 means like, uh, as he's busy, so to speak. Uh, which means basically that, they, like, for example, a person uh, walks by a light switch and his shoulder turns it on. That's called this Asik. has no intention to, to do the action. Put, uh, Putter, is because he had no intention to do the, to do the behavior. Hello, It's interesting to notice that we see that Alam over here starts off Laws of Shabbos. Before going into the details of what's forbidden and permitted, he lays down the principles of the context of what intention makes it forbidden and uh, forbidden or permitted. Whoever has intention to do a malacha, and the malacha happened above and beyond the call of duty, so to speak, more than the intended. Time. But if it happened less than his actual intention, even if an um, actual malacha transpired, for example, a person had intention to carry a package on Shabbos in the public domain behind him. Which is a less ideal way of protecting protecting your package. Instead, he carried it in front of him. Let's say it was a, a belt, and uh, 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 and uh, like a belt that has like a pouch, and it it uh, twisted to be in front of him. Because he intended to carry carry it behind him, which is a, a inferior way of guarding it. Because you know, it's easy for someone to steal it or pickpocket you. But in, in the end, he carried it in a way of uh, of a superior guardianship because it's in front of him, and you can see it, he wanted to carry in front of him, so the money the money pouch of his belt is in front, but then it swung behind him, when he went outside, because he intended to carry it, with a, 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 a superior guardianship, because he end up carrying it, with an inferior way of guarding it, similarly in all these situations, despite the fact that he wanted to carry it, and it was carried, because the level of the Malacha, it wasn't as good, as ideal as he intended, he's potter, Ravim qualifies this Halakha, This this concept. The person was uh, wearing a belt, and he placed an item, a package, between his flesh and his and his uh, his garment. So the belt is 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 tight and it's holding this item against his uh, against his flesh under his garment. Whether it's whether it's uh, it, it uh, ends up being carried in, in front of him, whether this, this, this package becomes, becomes carried, which is normally carried in this manner, the Ramadan adds that parenthetically because if you're carrying it in an abnormal manner, there's no biblical prohibition. It's like carrying. It's like writing with your. It's like writing in a strange manner, holding the pencil in a strange manner. But this is a normal way to carry it. You're carrying it between your flesh and the belt as is normal. And whether it ends up coming out the front of in front of the person, when it ends up ends up uh, being behind the person, it's normal for it to, to to shift and come behind him. Therefore, it's considered like he does it with that kind of awareness, and therefore he's So In the previous example, uh, in the Lachiyud bays it would be a situation where it's, where it's not normal for it to shift. Over here, since it is normal for it to shift, so the fact that you took it out uh, uh, in front of you and ended up going behind you, that's considered like you did it with that kind of intention. Therefore, you're The previous halacha, the example was where it's not normal for it to shift behind you and you intended to carry it in a superior guardianship in front of you, and somehow a fluke happened and the belt ended up shifting behind you. Which is why in the previous halacha you're patr, whereas in this halacha you're chayiv, Because it's considered part of the person's original intent. Now apparently what the Ramam speaks about when you, the malacha is not done to the level of your desire, you're not chayiv. it only refers to the quality of the malacha. The quantity, however, it's irrelevant whether your original intention is performed or not. So you want to carry something a mile and only carry it half a mile, you're still chayiv. As we'll see. He started and he did the malocha to a basic minimum amount. He's liable. Even though he did not finish the amount of what he wanted to do. So, for example, this person wanted to write a letter uh, or a contract. In him, we don't say that he's don't say he's not liable for writing until he finishes writing the entire contract, the entire letter. Um, rather, once he does the minimal amount of what's considered writing, which is two letters, then he's liable. He wants to weave an entire garment. Once he does two uh, stitches, two strings, two strands, he's chayiv. Even his intention, he wants to finish. The, his intention is to finish the garment. Since he did the minimal amount, he did it deliberately. Similarly, all situations. So a person smokes and starts smoking a cigarette on shop, He lights a cigarette and he starts smoking. is chayiv for making a fire, even though he hasn't finished the cigarette. which an individual could do that by himself and uh, two people did it together, Whether each one did a part separately, one after the other, for example, if one person picks up an object in one domain, in, in a private domain, and the second person puts it down in another eshus, so um, when you carry an item on Shabbos from one domain to another, you're not liable as you pick it up in one domain and put it down in the other domain, so you picked it up in in a private domain, you carried it outside, and while you're walking, you handed it off to somebody else, who then put it down in the Roshosh Or, both people did it together. Now they split it up 50-50 in terms of the first part, second part. They did the entire thing together. Two people took a pen, because when they wrote, they took hold of a loaf of bread, they carried it to another domain. They are a putter because it wasn't done by a single individual. These are examples where each person could do the, the thing by himself. A person could write by himself if he wants to, and a person could carry this loaf of bread outside. It's not too heavy by himself if he wants to. Instead, two people did it together, Therefore, they're for their putter. However, if one of the, these two people, neither of them is able to do it by himself, Unless the other person helps him. Two people who carry a beam, which is presumably heavy, and they carry it to the public domain. Since neither of them could do it on their own, and they did it with a partnership from beginning to end. So there's one shear for both of them. You'll say that uh, that they carried a for amis. So perhaps if they ca- if two people carry a heavy air conditioner together four amis, so you'll say, well, it's four amis, the minimum amount to be chayiv. These are two people carrying together, so each one carried half of four amis. That's, that's not the way it works. So you're not gonna say, well, they're not chaired until they carry eight amas. No, once they carry four amas together, since they can only they can't do it alone separately, they cannot do it separately, they're chai. If one of the guys was strong enough to carry the beam by himself if he had to. The first one the second one the first one is strong enough, the second one is not able to because he's not strong enough, or because logistics, uh, it's, a, it's very bulky, whatever the reason is. But they both carry it together, so it makes it a little easier. The first person is able to do it on his own, uh, regardless of the second person, he's Chayiv. Uh, the second person the is merely uh, offering assistance to the one who is helping is not Chayiv, because he's not relevant. A similar uh, concept applies in all situations. All those who act in a destructive manner are putter. For example, someone injured a colleague making a bruise, which is a malacha, him or an animal, as a way just to be destructive. If a person tore a garment and burnt them as killing broke, broke vessels. As a way of being destructive, he is putter, putter, even though if he intended to do so for the purpose of producing, uh, he needs broken pieces of pottery or he needs tear the garment to, to, to uh, he wants to mend it later so he's tearing it to, to, to make a what, to prepare it to be sewn uh, so there's a small tear he makes a big tear to make it easy, makes it easier to sew sometimes or whatever to adjust the garments for purpose of, of repair in all these cases because he's doing it for the purpose of destruction he's a potter he's, he's not chayev, he's potter if you don't dug a pit let's say in his house in the ground of his home, home he does it because he wants to get some earth for whatever purpose doesn't actually need the pit he just needs the earth that's considered being destructive but putter, and again he's not liable digging a hole in the ground is considered plowing the since This intent is not to improve the earth but simply to be destructive in order to um, to produce the dirt he needs but he has no intention of uh, uh actually being destructive to the, to the ground not not to improve the ground like plowing but to be destructive but therefore is putter. A person who acts destructively, but with the purpose of to be constructive later. is for example: a person to demolish the structure to build another one in its place. A person erases to write something else in the place where he erased. A person dug a pit. say this to put foundations in. You know, beams for foundation in those uh, in the pit. You know, beams that are deep in the ground. V'chol v'chol a similar situation. Chayiv is chayiv because in this case, even though it's being destructive, it's for a purpose of construction. V'shir and Keshir Masakin and the amount that he's that he's liable is the same amount for the for the construction. If a person, for example, rips a garment to be able to it, repair it, if he rips two threads, he's chayiv because if you sew two threads, you're chayiv. Therefore, he rips two threads to be able to sew two threads. He's chayiv. The idea over here, of course, lesson from this is that destroying the Beis HaMikdash for the purpose of rebuilding the Beis HaMikdash bigger and better, the, th- the third Beis HaMikdash means the destruction is ultimately, in a way, an act of construction and productivity. a person does the Malachan Shabbos partially, unintentionally, partially, deliberately, Ben Shagah, whether he would start off deliberately in the end, he became unintentional. Ben Shagah, he started off unintentionally in the safe in the end, it was intentional. Potter. is malacha he's potter until he does the entire malacha, the basic well, minimum amount of the malacha. And only then So for example, a person writes two letters, and the first one of them he writes when he knows it's Shabbos the other one he writes and he finishes writing the word, or the, you know, the second letter, um uh when he did not know it's Shabbos, or vice versa. Since he did not do both letters deliberately, he is potter Excuse me, um, only if he does both letters. In a way that he is uh, he knows Shabbos, for example, using taking writing him as a malach in this example, and then only then is he chaif karas. If he in my there's witnesses, and they warn him chaif skill, then he's chai of stoning. So if a person does the entire thing unintentionally from beginning to end, so both letters he writes while he forgets Shabbos, or he forgets he can't write on Shabbos, and Then only after he's chaib chatas kivur. and establish chatas, which does not fluctuate regardless of his financial circumstances. So in that case, if both letters are written the un- unintentionally he is a uh, carbon. If they're both written intentionally, he's a karis or a or or skila. If one letter is written intentionally and one letter is written unintentionally, he's not a a carbon nor nor skila nor karis.